Welcome to the latest Gen X Movie Show, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Today, we are going to go into the 1985 quotable movie, Clue the Movie. person in this room has the perfect motive Stand back! for murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm fighting the war! Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. What's the matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Let us see, let us see, let us see. Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. In the movie that makes a scene of the crime. Clue. It's not just a game anymore. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast uh, Gen X movie show. Uh, part of the CSG uh, <laughs> CSG network. I cannot talk today. I apologize. Um, yes, we are all, if you couldn't tell from the trailer and the intro, we're doing Clue, the movie, which came out in 1985. Um, people kind of, at the time, and this is something that, this is something that I think that you'll see benefit. A lot of John Carpenter movies get, uh, don't get the, um, I would say the benefit of the view movie public's doubt, uh, particularly his movies post the thing. Um, they were very good. Hind- what I call hindsight movies, um, movies that didn't necessarily click at the time, but are considered to be classics. Now, uh, the journey of clue, the movie, particularly people, my age, I'm talking specifically people, my age, I'm, I'm about to turn 42 um, and I'm talking in the neighborhood of 45 to 42, maybe even 41. Um, the generation of people who grew up with this movie took it to a new level. And I think what we will get, what we will get into is, uh, kind of how this movie evolved from a relative box office, not even relative, a box office bomb to a critically derived, <laughs> extremely critically derided, derided at the time to something that is now considered a comedy classic and a movie that uh, really shaped a lot of people's perceptions of of how you can do quotable comedy. And I think that is really what the pioneering nature is of Clue the Movie, the power of the quote. Um, this movie kind of had a interesting gestation in, uh, in that John Landis, um, who didn't, had nothing to do with his movie, uh, started off with a germ of an idea that featured almost basically just one thing. It was one concept, and it was having a, 
having a uh, kind of the concept of having a um, multiple endings. So a movie that could basically play into different theaters with different endings. It was very much a uh, novel concept um, at the time. You don't see, and there's a reason for that specifically, but you don't see movie theaters doing that sort of thing. You, the, 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 the theory behind it is that you get people going multiple times to get different endings. Um, but certain theaters would get certain endings, that sort of thing. It was an, and it was an interesting concept. Um, and it really came in with the gestation of, of John Landis, who didn't have really much to do with Clue itself. Um, and it kind of transferred over into the, uh, the new filmmakers on, uh, in Clue the movie. And it became, it went to Jonathan Lynn and it was actually produced by Deborah Hill. Speaking of John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, uh, X and the co-writer of uh, Halloween and, and the fog and Halloween two, um, was uh, Deborah Hill. And she was the producer of this of this film, and it's the story itself. Actually, John Landis uh, came up with with Jonathan Lynn, but it wasn't wasn't something that uh, he, he really didn't have much to do with this movie. This really is a Jonathan Lynn movie, and produced as I said by Deborah Hill, who was the really one of the big creative aspects behind Halloween. Um, the it kind of came quickly into being. being. Uh, originally, I believe Miss Scarlet was supposed to be Carrie Fisher, and she had to back out because uh, she was having pretty severe drug issues uh, at the time. Um, but outside of that, uh, outside of uh, – and let me look it up here, but I think Wadsworth um, – Wadsworth was supposed to be played initially by uh, Leonard Rossiter. And then uh, Rowan Atkinson, who is Mr. Bean. Uh, and both of them, obviously, Rowan Atkinson specifically, uh, this was prior to him being well-known in the United States. So people didn't think that he could have the balance to do it. But I would actually love to have seen a Wadsworth played by Rowan Atkinson. Uh, that would have been actually superior as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, but you got the wonderful, iconic Tim Curry. This is prior to Curry and his uh, great turn as um, in Legend. And I think that, you know, in Legend was a bomb at the box office, uh, really Scott's uh, uh, Legend. It just, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't, he was getting iconic roles in movies that were Flops, and and, and honestly, he, I would say that uh, Tim Curry is the only reason to watch Legend. Um, I don't think I'm going to get much pushback with that. Uh, but Tim Curry's was well on his way to have these iconic, defining roles. As long as, and later in the decade, he was uh, the the clown Pennywise in the TV movie of It that scarred a lot of people. Um, it is Wadsworth really began his role, other than you know. Dr. Frankenfurter in uh, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, it really becomes Clue, where he begins anew his iconic roles as Wadsworth the Butler. Um, it is a superlative cast of, of uh, Christopher Lloyd as uh, Professor Plum, uh, Leslie Ann Warren as Miss Scarlet. Um, you got Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard. Uh, 
You've got uh, Michael McKean as Mr. Green. Um, you younger people would know him as uh, as uh, uh, Jimmy's brother on Better Call Saul. Uh, Madeline Kahn as Mrs. White. Uh, I mean, a great performance. Probably her last great performance, actually, now that I think about it. Um, and Colleen Camp as Yvette, the French maid. And uh, Mr. Leaving is Mr. Body, and that's kind of a minor role. But that's really the main ca- – oh, and uh, Eileen Brennan is Miss Peacock, uh, who is basically playing the same character she played in Murder by Death and, uh, again, in The Cheap Detective. Um, she was very good at this sort of role uh, and being a kind of a, uh, a quirky character in murder mysteries, comedy, mystery comedies. So this movie gets into production and ends up costing $15 million, which is actually a lot for, even back then, for, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a lot back then for a comedy. And this was, had a, and, and that, as I remember, and I was, I was only seven, eight years old back then, um, but as I remember, uh, there was a lot of buildup to this movie. And uh, because we all played the board game. This is based on Cluedo slash Clue. Cluedo for Europe. Clue for the United States, um, the whodunit game that I played constantly when I was a kid. So there was already anticipation from kids uh, who were very much aware of the board game uh, and would, you know, the, the theory was that they would go to the to the uh, movie theater just to see this because it's, it's not it's not a kid movie and it's not an adult movie. It's very much a definition of a PG-13 movie. Very PG-13. And I believe this was pre-PG-13, so it was technically PG. Um, The movie gets out and um, bombs. And bombs in a way that I don't think anyone was really anticipating. It got negative reviews from the critics, particularly Roger Ebert. um, And it just wasn't, didn't, people didn't respond to it. Now, meanwhile, those of us who uh, are of a certain age... Um, the movie comes out quickly on uh, VHS at the time. Although I believe my family at the time had a Beta Max player. God, remember the Betas? Oh, anyway, um, and we, you know, you get the you get the movie on VHS, and then it starts circulating through network television. And I believe in the late eighties, late eighties or maybe early nineties. Channel 2 out in Denver would play a chopped-up version of Clue on, uh, on – they would do – I think it was on Friday nights. Uh, they would do movies, and they would play Clue. And once – one day, I believe it was in the late 80s, I recorded it, and I convinced my mom to let me do it, but I recorded it off of the TV. And because there was something about the movie that I responded to – and the interesting thing about this movie, because everyone knows the game of Clue. It's just a basic whodunit. You know, Colonel Mustard did with a lead pipe in the conservatory, that sort of thing. Um, it is one of those games that is so ingrained into culture because it's essentially, and then there were none by Agatha Christie, and you, it's a board game version of it. So everyone's favorite author, authoress, uh, uh, Agatha Christie, uh, author of mystery novels, she basically was the inspiration for these this game. 
and it became uh, iconic in its own way. Uh, but everyone was familiar with it, but the movie kind of disappeared and then came roaring back because of people my age. They played it on the uh, the TV, all, all, like I said, on Channel 2 all the time. But I recorded it off of that, and that I wore that copy out. And for those of you who are asking about what was it about this movie that made you want to watch it again and again and again, uh, I will talk to you about that after I take a break. But it has to do with what we all are obsessed with now, quoting movies. Before I get started with the rest of the podcast, I'd like to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, Baseball's coming, folks. It's coming fast. Um, We are... Look, as much as we are uh, leery about if sports would be safe for people to to, uh, play, these leagues... The NBA, NHL, MLB are roaring down the finish line to give us something else to watch. Well, not only can we watch them now, but we can also bet on them. Uh, legal sports bet- sports betting is legal in Colorado as of May 1st. And uh, look, we just got some of the financial deets since then, and $25 million came through Colorado Sportsbooks. Um, top among those was a... Uh, Interesting foray into people betting on table tennis slash ping pong. So, look, I think you could tell you people are really raring to go with this. So, why not get anticipation built up for baseball, which is coming down the pike? Uh, DraftKings is the place for you to get what you need to, and the most convenient place with a nice introductory offer to download the app and really begin having fun. Um, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code MHS when you sign up. For a limited time, all three – excuse me. For a limited time, all new users can uh, get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Uh, that's code MHS to get your sign-up bonus of $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and a first bet match up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. See, we talk now about quotable movies. And... I think that really hit a big not, not, it hit a big high water mark with movies that came out in the early '90s, uh, maybe some late '80s movies. Uh, a, a quotable movie, Die Hard. You're talking about early, like late '80s at this point, um, but you're you're starting to get into a realization by a lot of people that people just like to take. Well, you could do that with television series, but they couldn't do it really with movies outside of a couple lines, you know, Chinatown, you know, forget it, Jake, it's not China, Chinatown, that sort of thing. Um, but to have a movie that is entirely based on quotes, that things that you can throw at people, really was anew. Um, the Simpsons were pioneering this in television. Quotable movies, movies that you can have inside jokes with friends. Um among my generation specifically, Clue became that movie, and it and it came afire basically in the nineties, 
and the, I believe it probably sold more on VHS um, and DVD later than probably it did. I don't know for this for sure, but I, I would be willing to wager it made more in rentals than it did when it was in the theaters. It is a the definition of a cult classic that caught fire later on when they realized that people of my generation were quoting the movie, like flames on the side of my face, breathing, heathing breaths. Apparently, Madeline Kahn uh, improvised that. Uh, there are just so many instances of great quotable lines in it. Um, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. Every cook will tell you that. But look what happened to the cook. <laughs> just lines that you can just throw out there from a movie that everyone will immediately know what you are talking about. Uh, I promoted um, this movie on uh, my Twitter account, and I just used a GIF of Madeline Kahn uh, doing flames on the side of my face, and everyone knew. Everyone knew what the movie was, and everyone starts quoting that that scene, which which is a great testament to her because she completely improvised that. There are some improvised aspects to this movie, um, but it is enduring because it's a madcap, zany movie. Now, to kind of conclude this, I'll talk about the multiple endings. Generically, it was called ending A, ending B, ending C. Um, this was the only first and I believe only time this has ever been done, um, depending on the movie theater you went to. And I believe when I saw the movie first, we got the Miss Scarlet ending, which is ending A. Um, when you saw, went to a different movie theater, you got different movie theaters, got different endings. Um, my cousins, I remember vividly, uh, went in, they got the Mrs. Peacock ending. Um, but what that served to do was make the movie very short. Uh, it wasn't a long movie anyway, but that made it really short. Um, and so that is why it didn't work in a sense that you didn't feel like you got your money's worth because the movie with just one of those endings is not, you know, not long enough. And you kind of feel like, well, it's kind of got a short shrift here because I, 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 I got one ending and the longest of the ending is ending C. Um, it is, it could have been executed better. However, the brilliance of the VHS slash DVD uh, revolution was it brought all the endings together. So if you, if you are someone who just saw it once on tape or on TV or later on DVD, you saw all three endings, A, B, and C, at the end of the movie. And that... Uh, was I actually thought they should have done that anyway. Just present the alternate endings in the movie rather than just doing the gimmick of having a theater having a different ending. Um, because if it makes a lot more sense, too, and it's not as short, if you just uh, go to uh, get, the, just get the entire three set, three, set of three in one sitting, you know, and <laughs> it kind of gives you a little more context. Again, it gives you something that is like, okay, this is what would happen with this. They put a lot of thought into this <clears throat> rather than what it ended up being. And I believe the Mrs. Peacock ending was the shortest one. Uh, so anyone who got the Mrs. Peacock ending uh, was uh, SOL 
because that was that was the shortest of, of the movies. They did such a great job of building atmosphere and building, you know, making these characters. They're not, you know, deep characters because you don't have deep characters in a murder mystery. But you have a scenario painted in a in a night in, in a great set. The, the, they spent so much money on this set. Um, the set, uh, which is basically a mansion with all these rooms, was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. It was a it was well done with secret patches, passages um, and upstairs, creepy upstairs, uh, uh, an, an attic that was really spooky, um, various people dying everywhere. It's, it's just, to this day, to this day, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I, any of you who are listening to this, any people who are, say, like younger than 25, have not seen Clue, I highly suggest you go check it out. It's a movie set in the 50s. It is of a time, but it is well executed, well done, and well worth your time just investing in watching it because you'll, you'll find yourself quoting lines from it. And you'll find yourself just getting absorbed in it. And the, how we have progressed as a society, if this movie was released in 1996 or seven. It was a little longer. It probably would have done a lot better with the same cast. Uh, because I think the cast is key in this. The cast just is so good. The cast is so good in this. They really make this movie. And Tim Curry, great, an, an iconic performance. Um, Christopher Lloyd, great job as uh, Professor Plum. It's just, it's one of my favorite movies. And, and if you watch it right now, you haven't seen it, it will be one of yours too. All right, well, thank you all for joining me on the latest Gen X movie show uh, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'll be back with you pretty soon. I'll be talking to you later. Goodbye.